Trav. Hello, Jake. How how is uh, I guess it's you're still out and about among the you're out there trying to mix with those animals. Yes, I am still. Um, I'm I'm still in the wild. Does does life feel weird for you? Because I mean, obviously, like that's anything you listen to. That's kind of uh, there. There's going to be a, a, a sheen of of uh, talking talking Rona. Does the world feel much different different to you as someone who who still has to go out and work and such? Outside of stand up, I would say no. Yeah, I would say there's not a huge change in my job except that I'm wearing a mask while I deliver. Um, oh, do you do do you wear a mask? Yeah, for your shift now. How's that? Uh, it's it's fine once you get over the I'm wearing a mask thing. As long as you don't breathe through your mouth, so you don't have to smell your breath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. T- so I'll tell you, we got we got some masks, and I've made a few of those mistakes of <laughs> of driving around, and like all of a sudden, oh, oh, I did a burpee in my mask. Oh, oh no, oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not I, Cheetos. I was drinking a, a Mountain Dew Zero earlier today, and I burped, and the the fumes seeped up through the top of the mask and into my eyes, and it actually burned my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you gave yourself Fuji dust. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is, as as someone who wears glasses, that is real fun. Foggy all day long. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen people that are trying to wear the mask real, and they're real yeah, foggy just, Nelson out yeah. There. I don't know what. Do you need to rub like some? Uh, what's what's the trick for your mirrors in the shower? You rub some uh, shaving cream on on your glasses to keep them from fogging is up. That what I've, I I've think never so. Done that. I know that's what uh, you do in the shower. We were, when we were out snorkeling, uh, they told us to spit in our mask, which I could never get myself to do. <laughs> I was just like, no, no, I, I, no, I can't. We're not going to do that. <laughs> that is, that but, is, uh, something. it's like peeing in the suit, you know, like, yeah, if I don't have yeah. to, I don't want to. Hey, look, look, let's not get crazy. Sometimes you're out there and, you know. I'm... Well, I get if you have to, but if the they're like. like Vegas. What happens in the pool stays in the pool. If they say it's okay to pee in the suit and you pee in it before you get in the water, you might have issues. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant once we were device. in the water. Oh, yeah. This oh. Don't step in the puddle. That's embarrassing. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, by the way, everybody, welcome to Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. Out there. I'm Raspy there Travis. Phone cast. Yeah. I have allergies. If you've listened to this uh, podcast for a while, you know in the spring I get allergies. I haven't I, been tested I, I for anything some, though. <laughs> some light allergy issues this week. Mine is usually usually manifest more of an itching. Yeah, that's kind of like I I actually felt when it happened. I was uh, you know out doing my job, and there's a tree I went by, and it's in bloom, <laughs> and I actually felt like my throat start to swell a little and get itchy. That was the. It was, hit you with the Fuji dust. Yeah, it was like an immediate thing. Like I've never had it happen that strongly before to where I was fine and my voice sounded fine and then then oh, just oh, immediately. That's rough, man. Yeah, it is what it is. At least I'm not like like my wife can't eat gluten. You know, that's way worse. <laughs> if you had to cuz she has to check everything she eats to make sure there's no weed I in it or she'll get sick. I don't think uh weed in it? Wheat. Oh, wheat, okay. wheat, uh, wheat, wheat, or, or like a peanut allergy. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's something that's peanut actually like life probably pretty hard. Yeah. Cause you know, you could, you know, potentially like harm yourself really bad if you're not 
100% diligent all the time. So I guess a, a itchy throat for for a month or two during the year, eh, I can deal with it. How often do you find yourself wanting to uh, harm somebody because they're that person who thinks that gluten allergy is not a thing? Uh, I think people do that is like, uh, I think it's because they don't have a personality. So, so they choose <laughs> they choose to like pretend that... <laughs> <laughs> they make gluten denial a part yeah. of their personality. Yeah, it's like I gotta have I gotta put my foot down on something. What's the least likely to get me beat up? <laughs> the line in the sand is gluten. <laughs> gluten, the uh, the hill that assholes are willing to die on. Yeah, because I mean, like if you're you know a Holocaust denier or something like that, somebody's oh, gonna boy, probably I mean, beat you up. But if you're like, yeah, gluten, ugh, just made up. Gluten. People. Bread don't make nobody's stomach hurt. You know, you, Boy, who, who's going to uh, come after you? <laughs> I, I run across a lot of uh, a lot of pandemic deniers, and that's that's <laughs> one where you know I got to tell you, I, I guess from some uh, aspect, I really. It, it, uh, I also want to say it's funny. I'm over here like like rubbing my forehead just thinking about this of the uh, <laughs> like uh, pandemic deniers. I appreciate that you've gotten me to. Um, severely pull back on my social media <laughs> viewing right because it's just like you, you just open a tab and you see all you know, like somebody saying that bill gates and satan got together and oh yeah i've heard that conspiracy one. and it's like nope nope done <laughs> done for the day i've heard the bill gates thing like if, if bill gates was like gonna go after everybody he would do it through your computer not through vaccines there are there are a couple of maybe three <laughs> or four people who um have made it real hard to be around but, uh, you know, conspiracy theorist and a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I, I get the idea behind a conspiracy theory because there conspiracies have happened in the world. Like, well, I think nine eleven technically this. was a conspiracy because a bunch of people got together and said, "Let's fly planes into that building." That's a conspiracy. They were they conspired to do it, or. Well, it but it wasn't like we, it's when you get into like it was an inside job. You're like, okay. Why would uh, we do real that? Throaty. Had a had a real cigarette smoking man tinge. Yeah, hey that. everybody. But um, coming no, to the I, stage I, right I really now, candy that, dancing to poison. <laughs> Pour some sugar candy. on me. She can melt like <laughs> jet fuel won't melt steel beams, but she can <laughs> melt that pole. Show her, show your appreciation, gentlemen. Slide down the candy cane. But uh, um, conspiracy theories, like I I wouldn't be as naive as to say that. Like surface level, everything is on the up and up, specifically with things like, uh, I don't know, any any number of political stories or things like that. But, you know, there are things that are going on behind the scenes that right. you don't hear about. But I just feel like you have to be very careful with your acceptance of conspiracy theory because once I, I, I told you before, once you open the door to a conspiracy, like a conspiracy ass conspiracy of, you know, like jet fuel steel beams kind of stuff once you open that door it's like all of them become plausible and you become you become a very very different person yeah it's like it's lycanthropic of like werewolfism kind of change from like the moon comes out and they go oh the earth is hollow i think it's because i think people almost get into it like uh how you look at stats for baseball or it's like it triggers something in your brain to where like I got to read more about this and or you go down say you're watching YouTube and you go down like a, a Rodney Dangerfield uh you know 
hole where you just start watching all this Rodney Dangerfield stuff. And except instead of funny jokes, it's somebody going, and that's when the American government turned on its public. You know, <laughs> it just triggers something in their brain where it's like, oh, this is exciting. I got to find out more. What else can I learn? Yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of like it's junk food for the brain. Uh, and, and what you were kind of saying about the whole gluten experience is, is being the person who it's uh, you become special because you don't accept the lies and like everyone <laughs> right. else's sheep except <laughs> for you. Yeah. So it's it's sort of a personality thing. It's <laughs> my wife was watching. Uh, I it was like it was one of those Sunday morning uh, news shows, and I guess she saw a clip on facebook somebody shared or whatever <clears throat> anyway they went to a small town in southern utah i can't even remember it's kind of like near the four corners Hangwich? i think no this is way smaller like like way southern know, utah like names out there like out in the middle Manuel, of nowhere anyway wellsville uh not wellsville that's north i know where wellsville is it's a pretty town where all, pretty all the real real bumpkins hang out <laughs> anyway so uh they were basically interviewing anybody that didn't believe uh, the, that the COVID thing was real. They, they probably found like three or four people. I think they interviewed. So they made it seem like the entire town and the entire state of Utah, uh, were not believing cause they hadn't closed hardly anything. They were still doing haircuts and things like that. It was a small town of like probably 3000 people, maybe less, maybe even smaller, you know? Uh, but yeah, they made it. I don't know. I just don't trust the news anymore. Any of it, because that's crazy to make, to make it seem like the entire town was a bunch of people going, don't be a sheeple. I mean, that was one guy that said it. And one guy did say that on there. there a, I just thought it was interesting. Type, like, There was a, a tweet that I saw that there's there's just a type of kind of middle to elderly white person who really seems to believe that they can get past COVID with just like true American grit. And it's like, that's that's not how diseases work, buddy. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people struggle through and it probably actually spread the disease a little because I don't know about you, but if I get a case of the sniffles, I've never been one for calling in sick or like my, uh, my voice sounds horrible right now. I don't feel that's sick. That's kind of that myth of, of the American work ethic is we're conditioned to feel like it's again, it's a co-opting of you feel like you're better than people because you know what? I don't, I don't come in. I, I don't take days off when I got the sniffles. Like, well, thanks. You're just giving it to the rest of it. Well, there, well there's, I mean, there's also like, oh yeah, he called in sick yesterday. You know, there's yeah. a little bit of shame in it too. And that's kind of where it comes from. Like, yeah, we don't uh, want anybody to come in to get sick, but as soon as we have to do a little bit more work, cause somebody called in sick, all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're too sick to come to work. So there's that out there too. I don't look down on anybody for calling in. I mean, it, I obviously, if you know, there's got to be, uh, there's got to be an air of legitimacy to it. I've certainly known, and maybe at times younger in my life, been those people who called in sick when I just didn't really want to come to work. I had, I had uh, what what we call the uh, anal glaucoma. I just couldn't see my ass coming into work. <laughs> you know what I need to get to the bottom of is, I've always said call in sick, but over the last couple of years, I've heard people saying call out. Well, that sounds British. It does. It sounds wrong. It sounds like, and then we took him to the, hospital. The aluminium of calling in sick. Yeah. It's it's call in sick. You call in to yeah. work. Yeah. Not you yeah. call out. That's weird. Call out is weird. No. No, that's like getting 
getting online instead of in line. Like, no. And you know what? I don't care how many people send me emails or messages over the internet. We don't say (laughs) call out. We say call in. Get with the program. (laughs) I'm I'm putting my line in the sand. I had a real real topsy-turvy kind of weekend. I, uh, our, our fridge shit the bed. Oh no. Boy, boy, you don't really know. You don't really know how much you need a fridge until (laughs) five minutes after you look in the fridge and go, uh, 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 this stuff in the freezer seems to be defrosting. Uh, uh, oh geez. Oh geez. (laughs) Did you also get the, uh, when was the last time we had Caesar salads? Because this has been in here for a while. <laughs> we, there was a little bit of that with the freezer. Of uh, There's been some stuff in here that uh, my, my son thought he was a real comedian when he, you know, I, it was, I, I was keeping almonds and a few walnuts things for snacks for mm-hmm. like dieting. It was a few like, hey, dad's nuts have been in here a while. Should we take care of those? Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep, you really, mad zing, son. I, I got to, uh, we were having some salad one night and I couldn't take another, uh, you know, bottled Hidden Valley Ranch. I just can't stand that stuff. Like I like fresh made ranch. I don't like the bottled stuff. It's gross. So I'm digging through my cupboards. Like we got to have some, find some Caesar salad dressing. I was like, yes, I love Caesar dressing. Open it up. I'm like, well, that looks a little darker than usual. And then I put it on my salad. I take a bite. I was like, that doesn't taste quite right. I look at the label. It expired in 2016. Oh, it's been in my covers for four years. Date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I think we, I'm not uh, going to eat that salad. I'll feed it to the chickens. We were able to take care of that pretty toot sweet. But uh, my home, you've been in my home, Travis. You've Indeed. seen those uh, archways in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. The people who lived here before us... Um, I'm going to track them down and myrtleize them <laughs> because you can't get anything through those archways. You couldn't lay it down. No, it's it's just a matter. Of, well, you could lay it lay it down. The problem being is the the kitchen is right there, mm-hmm. so there's maybe a four foot space until you need to start moving it more. Stand sideways. it back up, yeah. So like if you put laid it down and pushed it, there's just not enough room to push it through. Right. So like, so I had to take the doors off of a refrigerator <laughs> that had a oh, like no. an ice like a water and ice thing on the front. Like oh, uh, boy, it. <laughs> get it all back together. Little, yeah, I mean things like that. It, it's less. Uh, it's more counterintuitive than anything. Once you get a real clear idea of what you're doing, it's not. It's inconvenient more than it's difficult. Right. And then there's the the added layer of holy holy moly, <laughs> I hope I got this back together because it'd be a real <laughs> damn shame if we bought this new fridge and it, I mean it it would be an inconvenience in the best of times but you know during this new uh this new world that we're in, <laughs> how do I get someone out to fix it? How do I get someone to come into my cuz that was part of it is um we look toward getting it delivered, which I think as far as the way that delivery is going now, they just drop it in front of your house. They can't bring it in. Really? I, I get. Huh. Yeah, I get that. But even then, they couldn't do it. We couldn't get a delivery date until two weeks out. Or no, excuse me, a week out. Did you have to borrow a truck? And yeah, we borrowed a truck and got it out here. And then, like I said, I took the damn doors off it. And it's 
Yikes. And that's one of those things of if, if we can't get the delivery people to bring it in, how could we get a repair person to come <laughs> in our house and fix it? You just put up a lot of plastic, like, like an ET. Oh, it was, fortunate. <laughs> it was, it was stressful. Cause we had basically the contents of our fridge in like five or six coolers sitting in our <laughs> living room for a day and a half. It seem, seems like stuff like that. There's always, it never just goes like, bring the fridge in, plug it in. Good to go. It's never like that. Like I was oh, working yeah. on cars. I was working on, uh, my truck had problem after problem. It should have been an easy job. Things breaking off inside the engine. Things like, there's like, Oh, you know, I had that. I had that as well. I had, uh, my car had a, a leaky gasket, in the oil pan we had to get that fixed which again i've got a leaky gasket too that's why that's why i called you eight minutes late (laughs) oh (laughs) well i mean you know you shouldn't have indian food right before you (laughs) record but uh yeah that was a that was its own kind of thing of uh you know getting the keys there getting them back and navigating that all in social distancing and stuff and then on top travis the worst part of it all I was shaving my head the other day. Cut my head real bad shaving it. Ouch. So now I got to wear a band-aid on my head and I look like something from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out walking around. <laughs> Just put the mask yes. up there. Put the mask up there yeah. on top of my head. Have two masks. You'll be like the Sherlock Holmes of masks. Oh. The ma- People will think it's a <laughs> yarmulke. The mask too with was that Jamie Kennedy? That was that too? was Jamie Kennedy. Oh, boy. Jamie Kennedy, I, um, you still owe me $10 if you're listening. It, does he? Yeah. I made a, I made a Chick-fil-A run Jamie for Kennedy? him. Huh? You get along with Jamie Kennedy? Yeah, I mean, he texts like a like just, a 13-year-old girl. I, uh, I'm i on a sort of... He uses U's, sort of like, like the letter U instead of the word U, and R, the letter R, like things like that. Lots of emojis. But he's uh, nice. I'm on a sort of text, uh, like a text... Uh, fan list and one of the pics that they sent a couple of days ago was a very kind of cringy <laughs> best of jamie kennedy hosting oh geez i think it was i want to say it was like uh new year's eve 2013 maybe <laughs> wow. and it was a very awkward yeah i mean <laughs> i can i can imagine there's i think that's a no-win situation there's a reason dick clark always did it Hosting that uh, stuff like that. I will say honestly, it, I guess that it's one of those things. Is you uh, for a rockin' New Year's Eve, you would want to get like relevant for the day acts, but basically, that was no, I don't think you like, do. All no, that's what I'm saying is, I mean, who's gonna watch it when you're you know when you're getting REO Speedwagon every year? I think that's what but, you got to do for that kind of stuff. People are that's so exactly afraid. What I'm talking about is because this Jamie Kennedy experience, if you will. <laughs> It was, it was, I guess it was probably a, a few acts that were of younger and like, you know, all of them, all of them throwing F-bombs, all of them misbehaving. Like <laughs> at the end of it, a fight broke out. And it's like, yeah. I guess if you want stuff like that, just air it on YouTube because you can do whatever you want as long as there's like not nudity you, or whatever. That's why you got to get Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Unfortunately, uh, he's no longer available. <laughs> uh, and no, no, he... Boy, he was super elder. He's one of those guys that uh, uh, I think we, we were talking about the Golden Girls in the car. And I like Cindy watches Golden Girls all the time. It's a great show. And yeah. It, oh, it's spectacular. Please. I will never disparage Golden Girls. Just mwah, championship program. <laughs> uh, soup to nuts. Just 
great acting talent and uh, uh, just sweet, like a warm hug. But uh, <laughs> we were talking about it in the car, and you know, Gabe sees Cindy watching a lot, and I was like, "Hey, you know the lady who plays Rose? She's still alive." What? Yeah, the lady who was in. This <laughs> She's the only one in the. In the like late eighties, early I think it was was it late eighties, early nineties? Did yeah. Golden yeah. make it into the nineties? Yeah. yeah, it did. Like they also had a spin off show called The Golden Palace. Where I believe everybody but uh B. Arthur was on are it. Are you are you messing with me? No, look it up. The Golden yeah, Palace. I gotta look this up. But it's a legit the, thing. The point of it, it's it's like it's the same as the Wilford Brimley like uh, uh cocoon conundrum of this show about old people that happened when I was relatively young, that dude's still just trucking around. Well, Ed Asner, I just saw, I guess, I guess I follow Ed Asner on Twitter. Anyway, he posted a picture. He's like, this is me from 1957 when I was 26. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I cannot believe for a minute. Those I, numbers might be I a am, little off, but <laughs> I am refusing to believe that this show is real. <laughs> the golden palace. There's a gut. Okay, here's my. Uh, all right, I'm getting into government. I'm getting into government conspiracy. It's kind of like you know, remember theory. when Mash did a '80s uh, show where they... and Don Cheadle are in this. Don Cheadle was in it. Who else? Cheech Marin and Don Cheadle. Cheech Marin makes sense. Don Cheadle. That's a little shocking. He must have been like a young Don Cheadle, like twenty. This is gonna. This is completely upending my. <laughs> I, I don't. How did you know that this thing? I remember it and somehow I don't, I remember it. It's like, I always thought well, they should do a golden girls cartoon. They did a cartoon for every other show. Remember that Alf cartoon? Oh yeah. That, could have done the golden girls cartoon. Golden girls travel through time. <laughs> there was the Alf one. And then there was Alf tales. Yeah, indeed. Are you, are you familiar? Yeah, I remember. Okay. Now this is wait. No, it says B Arthur was in it. I okay. Guess. Maybe she was in it for, I mean, she's not on the cover of it, but I think she kind of popped and, in here and there. And Herb Edelman were in it, I guess. Yeah, I think she popped in. I don't think she was on every episode. Sophia, buy a hotel. How do you yeah. buy a hotel? Well, I was, mean, they're was they're successful had, was, ladies. Was, was Blanche just rich? <laughs> I think she was probably was. They all lived in. Didn't she have several uh, dead husbands? I think maybe she I she had some inheritances or something. Well, I, don't I don't know about that. She was a Southern Belle, Jake. So it was from ninety two to ninety three. I'm wondering if there was one. There were twenty four episodes. That's one season. I'm I I. You could knock me over with a feather. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I can't believe this for a second. I got to look at the IMDb. I got to see who was in this. Golden Palace does sound like a strip club, though. <laughs> yes. A strip club well, you would need a raincoat for. I be, isn't one of the casinos in uh, in Vegas called Golden Palace? There's Golden Nugget, I know. Uh, there's Caesar's Palace. There Maybe there's a Golden Palace. I don't know. Yep, Don Cheadle, Cheech Marin. It's it an all-star cast. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Bostwick? Barry Bostwick, wow. Tim Conway? That's a good. That's a good one, actually. Tim Conway. Oh my God! Ned Beatty was on it. Who? Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Wow. I bet he. I bet he was dating uh, Rose. Dick Van Patten. Oh yeah. You gotta have Dick Van Patten in there. Court. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Freaking. uh, What's his name? Tim Conway was in it, so it only. 
it only uh, goes to chorus that Harvey Corman was a part of it too. Charles Napier, <laughs> Kim Fields. <clears throat> God, this Kim is Fields. Yes. Kim Fields was Tootie in the Facts of Life, right? Well, she was in Golden. Well, let's see. Let me get back. <laughs> I had a crush on her. <laughs> she was Trisha. Bobcat Goldthwait was it Gordon M. Cosse? <laughs> Bill Engvall. Bill Engvall was in it. Yeah. Wow. Everybody, you're welcome. <laughs> Your best friend Margaret Cho was on. Margaret Cho was on it. All right. <laughs> well, good for Margaret. George Burns. George Burns. Wow. That's <laughs> funny because uh, going to be me finding people. Stephen Wu was on it. Nice. Do you remember when oh uh, uh, Estelle would? Uh, she sang the George Burns song. Thanks for Did the she? Medicare. <laughs> Instead of memories. Jack Black was on it. Wow. It's the gift that keeps it, on giving. This is the uh, I shouldn't have ever found this out. This is all I can think about now. You're gonna My be God. looking for it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be telling Cindy after we get out of this. She's gonna be so excited that there was more golden. <laughs> there was golden in our heels. Gold. Oh. Well, I'm glad I made your day. <laughs> <laughs> you really did. <laughs> oh, you know what though, Travis making up for? What? Travis, we're gonna have to we're gonna have differences. On what? Jay I, and Silent Bob? I I was so mad at that movie. Really? <laughs> I oh, mean I, I was so mad at that movie. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. <laughs> There's a reason think, it had a small release and they kind of toured with it and did Travis like I live Q and A's afterwards. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. It was I mean, I was entertained by oh. it. That's all I'm I wanted so out sorry. of that evening. I'm sorry, Travis. I don't. I don't like. I don't like us having friction, Travis. But I was, I was so mad at that movie. Like ten minutes in, <laughs> I was already like, "This movie is making me so mad." What made you mad? Donnell Rollins is in the first ten minutes. Oh, you know what? You, you're not wrong. Donnell <laughs> Rollins did did help. There were there were a few. There were they were a few pinholes in the darkness that was uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. But it was just. It was just the unrelenting, the unrelenting like teenage humor of like, hey, there's a new character. We got to figure out how to call him Tainty McButthole. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Sometimes I'm just in the mood for that. Like I watched uh, uh, what's the what's the Vegas one where they get lost or they lose their friend. I can't remember. Can I can I talk about the The hangover for the video store? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about do can I were you are you okay with me saying the fake name for the video store? Uh, I can't remember what it was. It, it was somewhat vulgar. It was, was it a video store? I thought it was like a hot dog place or something. No, it was. So the start of it is it's the clerks. It's the video store and, or excuse me, it's the um, quick stop in the video store. Right. The video stores uh, paneled over because I'm assuming um, the guy who plays Randall wouldn't be in it. He was I just assume. in the very end, right? No, he, I don't think he's in it at oh, all. Oh, is he not? Okay. That part where they go in and it's the clerks panel. He's not there. Oh, I didn't even notice. No. The three guys on the right, I don't remember what characters they even were in Clerks. <laughs> I haven't seen Clerks for 25 years, so I can't remember No, me neither. Either. Me neither. But um, Yeah, if it's vulgar, I, just don't say it. I don't want to bleep it. <laughs> uh, it the, the fake name of it was C-Word Smokers. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Another name for a chicken. Yeah, that's and why that I thought it was a food itself, place. That in and of itself was a bit of an eye roll, but then when they go to court and there's like an extended scene of them talking about how funny the name Sea Smokers is, <laughs> I'm like, okay, movie, you are really getting on my bad side quickly. <laughs> the other thing that movie does 
that we've talked about here is it has the Polly Shore syndrome of though the Jay character is reprehensible. He is gross. Yeah, he always was. He's a gross drug addict, and everyone in the movie acts really charmed by him. The Jay character. It's funny that you say Jay character. <laughs> well, yes, because it, it really is. I mean, and he he's super nice in real life, but he is that character. And and I'm going to say something mean about <laughs> him in that. Uh, he has Carrie Fisher face now, and it was off-putting for <laughs> no. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Which that that was I a worked very with them last year. So someone yeah. who I think who I think seems to be a very genuinely nice guy. So I just think he, I think maybe when he was a kid, <laughs> he was exposed to things too soon, so he doesn't. The only uh, thing well, I would say about him is like he doesn't have tact. Does that make sense? Like he. he he doesn't understand a time and a place for certain things is all. <laughs> he, well, he was, he was kind of that guy when they made that, when they made clerks, Jason Mewes to what I could understand of being, being a big fan of that movie when it was out of, he's not that far off of that character. No, he really is. And, that's and what, a, that's it. what appealed to Kevin and Smith. I think this, the, the success, like he, you know, Kevin Smith went one way and Jason Mewes, Went down a darker path. Well, it went down a Carrie Fisher esque path. He's sober right now, as far as I mean, he yeah. was when I worked with him late last year. Yeah. And so I think he's doing well now. So no, that and you and know good what? for him. I think that's great. Yeah. Again, seems like a genuinely nice guy. I I get I am not apparently. I just but, think uh, I, when you watch when you see a Kevin Smith movie in that vein, you're gonna get gross jokes. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. It just—it's like if you see if you watch a Jackass movie and you had no idea what you were getting into. It's like, did you even look it up? <laughs> I, I'll not—I'll belabor it no further. But boy, that—that that movie was not for me. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, it entertained me for an, for an evening, so that's all I wanted out of it. Uh, you, you've been watching anything, my friend? Uh, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, so we were talking about uh, conspiracy theories earlier. Uh, is Kim Jong Un dead or alive? Unconfirmed. Yeah. I saw a little bit of stuff today that was maybe a little more on the side of he has not shuffled this mortal chubby little mortal coil. But uh, the reason I ask is because I saw the inter- interview finally. <laughs> the interview? Yeah. Oh. So I, I saw the interview, and then the next day, they say Kim Jong Un is dead. It's kind of like when I watched uh, Brody Stevens' special, and then the next day you message me, "Oh man, Brody Stevens," and I was like, oh, "Boy." What happened Brody to Brody Stevens? Stevens? What a guy. <laughs> like the diametric opposite to Kim Jong-un. The <laughs> in the hangover. Was Brody Stevens. He's a cop in the hangover. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he's the guy that calls them losers because they get arrested. Remember that Real scene where uh, they're in the police station and they get tased? I will, I will be honest with you. I know <laughs> I enjoyed the hangover. I remember almost none of the hangover. <clears throat> I watched it, la- I think, last week, maybe two weeks ago. And yeah. I hadn't seen it for a long time. And... You know what? I was just in the mood to laugh to laugh at something stupid, and it made me laugh a few times pretty hard. I mean, yeah. I hey, I've been watching, <laughs> I've been watching uh, Letterkenny, which I get a really good chuckle out of. Uh, <laughs> I finished reading that that Kids in the Hall book, and I I want uh, to go back and watch a bunch of that because uh, uh, before you came over here, I'd been looking at something that somebody had posted one of the skits a. Uh, uh, what was it? The, the, something about dipping sauce. But uh, <laughs> watching some of their skits now, I'm like, 
there's some stuff in the book that that goes a little deep into some of the skits creation and a, a lot of stuff about the dynamic of of the five guys themselves about kind of who they are and you know how right. they mesh creatively and uh some of those like like um have you ever seen the the kids in the hall movie brain candy mm, i never did see it no uh, apparently they were all fighting. They were all incredibly on the outs with Dave Foley during the really? production of that movie. Hmm. Yeah. Like, so post the show, um, they had done some touring and this was right around when Dave Foley was kind of taken off a little bit and he got news radio and the other guy specifically, I think it was Bruce McCullough wanted him to uh, turn down news radio because it would conflict with a couple of their live dates. And just, just That's a kinda, lot of stuff I mean, fell apart. You want him to turn down a network TV show for some live dates? Well, they're all, I mean, all come five on. of them are, are really profoundly like um, <clears throat> strong personalities, uh, very precious about their craft and all, uh, you know, just, it, when you read the book, it makes sense that they would react that way, even though it is completely unreasonable. That's why um, stand-up comedians work on their own. I think they're they're an, self-aware enough to go, yeah, I probably don't play well with others. I should just do my own thing. Well, it kind of plays into the title of the book. The book, you know, Kids in the Hall, One Dumb Guy. I think it's something that Kevin McDonald said that they referenced early on that he said something to the effect of uh, as single people, we're all kind of brilliant, uh, you know, kind of on the fringe, really good performers, but all five of us together, are just one dumb guy. Mm, I get it. And a lot of that, a lot of that shines through of like, they, they really made some brilliant stuff, but they were all like together, like they were incredibly taught, five guys who love each other, but nothing more toxic for each other than each other. And you know, that happens they, though. It really does. Like look at, look at most bands, most bands end up yeah. fighting and breaking up and getting back together. I think that's just, yeah, they do talk about those kind of dynamics. Everybody works with somebody that bugs them. It's just not everybody cheers for, you know, your office yeah. <laughs> and comes to see you do your job. <laughs> oh yeah. And the you know toward the end of the book they they kind of seem to make it clear that they've all come out the other end and they're all older now and they they're a lot more mellow and a lot less precious and so kind of at the end of the book they make out they sort of make out toward we think now we can do this forever and not really fight too much about it that's but, good you know, no matter where our careers go that if any of us are on hard times we'll be able to come back together and do more kids in the hall stuff which you know they're doing now and for a while I started thinking about like these are these are five guys who are all approaching their sixties. So what mm -hmm. is a what is a show of sixty year olds kind of doing that humor gonna be like? But you it's know. it's kinda like Monty Python, really. Because I mean they had their, their times where they needed to they needed time apart. But then, you know, they could get back together a little bit. I mean, now they can't. Terry Jones has passed, of course. Yeah. Graham Chapman's passed, and then Terry Gilliam, I guess, is gone. A little cuckoo. But <laughs> it was always cool to see them get back together. I really like, I really like a lot of Terry Gilliam movies too. Oh yeah, you, you get bummed out when you find out someone's, you know, he's not he's not as irreparably bad as uh, some other people who go out the deep end. But he's got right. some pretty bad opinions. It's 
Uh, there's a Woody Allen bad at least. <laughs> there's a a live performance. Uh, it's like at the O2 Theater. It's on it's on Netflix. I can't remember, but you know, give it a watch. It they do some old sketches, and it's kind of oh, so they've done. That's what I kind of want to know that they've they've gotten together and done stuff recently. I mean, this was it's probably ten years ago now, but it was when it was when uh, Terry Jones first started kind of losing his memory a little bit and. They were like definitely helping him through because he was having a hard that. time, but it's still really cool to see him get back together. Yeah, as as far as I can tell, all five kids are they're all in a pretty good place. I mean, they're they're all they're all kind of dark people. You've you've seen Dave Foley, you know he's got that dark side. But yeah, I was surprised the book doesn't go into his marriage at all. <laughs> yeah, his stand up act does. <laughs> Or at least that it did when I saw him. I thought that they definitely would have hit upon because that's that's a huge part of why he does a lot of the work that he does is because the end of I I don't know if it was his first marriage or not, but I've always heard that one of his marriages, like the the alimony and stuff, was so rough on him that he just he just has to continually take cheap jobs just to keep himself right. afloat. Do they talk about sky high at all in the book? Because there was two or three no. of them in that. That was uh, there three so of them. What, I know Foley was in it. Uh, Kevin McDonald was in it. I think there was another was a one in surprised it. Surprised by. It. I wonder if the book was a little post that. Although I think it like it came out last year, and I think it goes. Well, up Sky High is at least ten years old. Yeah, they don't talk about Sky High, which I was. They didn't talk Sky High, which I was surprised by. <laughs> But it's a, it's a great book, and a, another thing that came out of it that I was kind of surprised by was a newfound sense of respect for Lorne Michaels, of just huh. like how much he went to bat for them and made sure that show got made. And he's Canadian, correct, Lorne Michaels? You know, I think he is. Oddly enough, do not know the lineage of Lorne. Michaels. I think he is, and that's but, uh, why he had a sweet spot for him, and that's why a few of them ended up on SNL after. The kids uh, I think broke only, up a little. I think only Mark McKinney actually had a spot on uh, Saturday Night Live. He, hmm. uh, Mark McKinney and Bruce McCullough wrote for it for a while, which that was the other thing that was kind of interesting to find out is uh, like they came from, there were like three factions. There was Mark McKinney and Bruce McCullough were in their own uh, troop and um, Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald were in their own troop that kind of came together to make a troop. And hmm. then Scott Thompson kind of forced his way into that. And even as, as they progressed on, they kind it kind of was always a thing that there was kind of a, a Bruce Mark faction, a Dave and, um, <laughs> or excuse me, Dave and Kevin faction. And then Scott was kind of his own thing, which, uh, have you ever, have you watched much kids in the hall? I mean, I've seen probably like most of the big skits and stuff like that, but I haven't seen all it, of them. If I talked about Paul Bellini, the guy in the towel, does that make any reference sense to you? It seems familiar, but there was an occasional I'm no expert that, like, on it. This guy, Paul Bellini, was a good friend of Scott's, and more or less he kind of got work on the show because he was the person who could kind of wrangle Scott Thompson. <laughs> but uh, really cool. He was read, the like, calming voice. <clears throat> no, they, they reference him as the Scott Wrangler. The Scott the Wrangler. <laughs> yeah. And even now, you know, because... Scott had cancer and right. they got through that and, and uh, yeah, just really cool read, really cool read and, and kind of not, you know, again, I thought it would go through a lot of the more darker stuff. Just like I said, I genuinely thought there was going to be a lot of stuff on Dave Foley's marriage and 
no, really genuinely focused on the group as opposed to, like I said, that, uh, I wonder if he's done his own book about it. So it's like, yeah, true. I know Bruce McCullough has done his own book that I've lightly considered reading, but Bruce is uh, more, he is definitely more avant-garde. He is the artist of the group. So I'm guessing if, if the divorce laws are so strict in Canada, maybe you wouldn't want to put that in print. It's one thing it's to say it, possible, I guess. It's one thing to say it at a comedy club in front of a crowd. It's another thing to put it in print. <laughs> entirely possible, though. Uh, from you know being a big fan of Dave Foley, he is he has struck me in most cases as someone who just genuinely does not care. I think I mentioned this to you, but uh, on the Roku channel, if anybody out there has a Roku, they've got uh, the old seasons of News Radio on there. Yeah, I'm, and they're I'm, not in HD. I mean, it looks like you're watching uh, it on a 13 inch. Golden Palace alum uh, Stephen Root was <laughs> indeed was, uh, Jimmy James. Boy, how long do you? It's think, a great show. How, how many more seasons do you think News Radio would have gone if it hadn't been for Phil Hartman's passing? I don't think that affected it that much because the thing about that show is they were moving the show constantly. It was never, you know, Friends was always in the same spot. Seinfeld was always in the same spot. News radio could be on a Monday one week, on a Sunday the next. It could be at 7. It could be at 9. It was just constantly moving, so it never really found an audience until it got into syndication. Once it got into uh, syndication, the, people are, it was on the same time every day, and people really got book, into it. Uh, that book sort of uh, references that Phil Hartman dying was a big nail in the coffin for the show. That Well, they brought in John Lovitz. Yeah, no... I don't, and and they didn't make any dirty, you know, like right. John, his friend John Lovitz took over and he was fine, but just Phil was a very big part of what propelled that show. And I mean, obviously that was a huge loss for him, but it's not like the show was uh, winning ratings battles before while he was still alive. It was, well, like it I was said, struggling I'm, while he was alive too. I'm going based on the book. The book just made a point of saying that Phil Hartman dying was a real big was a real big factor in the show, just kind of not being able to to get past that. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, good quality entertainment is not always very popular. Because <laughs> News true. Radio, it was a really good show. It was well written. It's in the hall, an example. That that was a show that uh, it made it two years on HBO, and then you know that I they had a split deal with HBO, and I think it was C CBC, like a Canadian broadcast thing. And they got dropped by HBO and picked up by NBC for a while. Hmm. Yeah, that was something that I don't think really ever. I don't even know that the kids in the hall really ever did catch on. I don't know. How, I don't think it did. Yeah. How much it's in the lexicon, even though uh, if you get into comedy troops and things like that, like most people, most younger troops will say that was an influence. I think it's one of those things that once it got on video, it caught on like the original Austin Powers movie was kind of a flop and then it went to DVD. Really? Yeah. The original one didn't make very much money. The sequels made buttloads of money because once it got onto DVD, it really <laughs> caught an audience and the sequels are far a, inferior to the first one. If you ask me, but more of a love guru man myself. Yeah. Which is same thing. Mike Myers, big, big friend coming up with the kids in the hall. Yeah. Do you remember the the uh, pilot of News Radio? No, no, dude. I, Dave I shows up. Seen it. Dave shows and, up. Uh, he's hired. He doesn't realize he has to fire uh, the current uh, station manager because the station manager doesn't know he's getting fired. <laughs> 
So it's him basically the entire episode trying to fire him. But there's a there's a bit in there where Andy Dick is on air and he's reading a story and mispronounces oh, I the name. Get that Andy Dick was. Yeah, on. he was good on it too. He was super likable on it. But he mispronounces the the name Buttafuoco over the air. <laughs> you don't hear him do it, but you just see everybody's reaction to his mispronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's pretty funny. The, that reminds me of uh, Joy Buttafuoco <laughs> will always in my mind be tied to um, Saturday Night Live did a skit. And I can't remember who the woman was that was even even doing the voiceover, but they did a skit where they had made all the Buttafuoco stuff into like a daytime drama. <laughs> and they called it the, the the house. Welcome back to the house of Buttafuoco. Buttafuoco. And the house. Like of, it. It's it's in that same lane as uh, Steve Martin calling Pasadena Pasadena. That <laughs> I can't I can't hear it or say it is the normal thing. I always or loved. I think it was Bill Allred calling Dracula Draclias. Draclias, yeah. Just that. Uh, I always loved uh, the term. Uh, put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Oh, what is that from? I don't know. I've just always heard it. I always thought it was funny. I know I know that, but I can't remember what it's from. I invented one of those. I put it in a joke. I don't do it very often, but it's a fatigue instead of fatigue. Fatigue. Like uh, I'm talking I'm talking to my doctor. In the joke, I'm talking to my doctor. I'm telling him, you know, what what problems I'm having and he hands me a pamphlet and I was like, "Fatigue? I have fatigue?" You know, I've, <laughs> I've looked up emphasis on the wrong syllable. And before I click on it, I think that might be an Austin Powers thing. Now that you mentioned, hmm. which it's funny that could be. Uh, back to Mike the Myers. Yeah. Back to the interview. Did you ever see the interview? I have not seen the interview. Oh, okay. No. All right. It's actually pretty funny. It, it's on, I believe, Netflix right now. It's, it's not on one of those. I think it's Netflix. But it, when it first came out, it people were really upset because it was the. Uh, you know, they go to see Kim Jong-un and stuff like that. It's actually pretty funny, though. Okay, we're done with that. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm trying to figure out what that's from. <sighs> I thought it was older than that, to be honest with you. I swore I've heard it I watching, when I was a kid. It's it's hard for me to remember to mix in a movie because I'm, <clears throat> I'm watching Letterkenny. I'm watching Westworld. I'm watching uh, the most recent season of Better Call Saul. Which all three I quite enjoy. Westworld is bananas. Westworld, it seems bananas. Season three, it is like a whole different show. <laughs> These characters are here. It, one, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like being the being out of the park now. It's it, these characters are here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Which is saying a lot because I didn't know what was going on through most of the show itself. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm coming around to the idea that apparently, as long as I let myself get invested in a show, I'll love just about anything. Well, I, that's part of it—is wanting to keep going with it. Can I give you one spoiler on the interview? Sure. So there's a scene at the end. Okay, spoiler alert: they do kill Kim Jong Un in the movie. <laughs> so they steal one of his tanks, and he's flying in a helicopter, shooting at him, and they fire a missile at him to get to get away. And it happens in slow motion. I can't remember what song's playing. Maybe Katy Perry Firework or something like that. But the explosion. I wanted to be rocky like a hurricane. (laughs) I know it wasn't that. But the explosion happens in slow motion. And just the way that his face moves. 
it just made me laugh because his cheeks all go sliding like the the, the oh, force of the impact yeah <laughs> and then his face kind of catches on fire and burns <laughs> oh wow so it's, it's pretty intense then <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> okay speaking uh, of netflix have you happened to watch extraction yet no, no oh that's not it's my, good that's not my jam really it's good yeah that kind of it's very john really wicky that's the only thing I could compare it to, actually. There's so much yeah. shoot 'em up in it that it's kind of like John Wick, except it's a kid instead of a dog. He's saving a kid. It's really uh, fun to spoilers watch. Spoilers for John Wick. John Wick does not save the dog. That's, That's the whole true. point of John That's Wick. That's true. <laughs> but it, it was written by at least one of the Russo brothers. I don't know if both of them wrote it. And then it was directed by a former stuntman. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Chris Hemsworth's really good in it. It's fun. There's so much good action in it. If you like John Wick, I think you'll like it. And I know you like John Wick. I I am a fan of the... It's free on Netflix. I mean, you're paying for Netflix, but so it's not really I got, free. But. I, got so, so. I was looking at... You were talking about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still haven't finished Tiger King. I haven't I even started the, that. I think it was I was on Amazon today, and they have their own counter-program, Tiger King, What Really Happened, <laughs> which... Just that thing existing uh, alone gave me a good chuckle. Every time something like that happens, be it um, uh, making a murder, or uh, I remember with Serial, uh, there was kind of counter things of this. Maybe this is interesting, Travis. When you watch a documentary, do you want it to be perfectly even and fair? I do. Yeah, so, I honestly do. I kind of because I want to be informed if I'm going to watch something boring. I kind of think <laughs> if like so so you wouldn't you wouldn't really like blackfish then. Yes, no? No. No. Just hearing Steve O talk about it, I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Is that from a standpoint of that they had an agenda or a standpoint of it just wouldn't bum you out? Um, both. <clears throat> both cuz I I'm not one of those I hate SeaWorld people. Ah. I, I never watched Blackfish, but I did see kind of enough of explanations of like, oh, these, the way they've gotten these, the way, what they've done to get these whales is pretty gnarly, which similarly watching uh, the little bit that I've seen of Tiger King is there's a twinge of they're making these sanctuaries, but like no, no one in it is a good person. I no, think, they're all bad people. I think I got to say SeaWorld is not the same as Joe Exotic. No, certainly not. But uh, <laughs> I got to make that. From distinction. what I understand, from what I understand, the way that they take uh, killer whales from the wild is pretty gnarly. Well, they don't take them from the wild anymore. They're born there. I think. Well, I mean that that was. They did originally was, somehow guess, take them from I the guess wild. You're going to have to watch Blackfish to find out. The, the only point I was trying to make is I don't know if you can have an interesting documentary if if at some point you go look. Here's the story I. Here's the story I find interesting. Uh, this other person does have their point of view, so I can't right. really like um, making a murderer in particular. I really like making a murderer, and I am I am to understand that there is a lot of stuff out. There, there are definitely two sides to that story, but you can't tell an interesting story, or you can't you can't present the story that you want to give, which is. This guy is a dirtbag, but these police definitely, definitely, definitely railroaded him. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, maybe even made things worse when he was out for a while. 
you can't make that story. You have to go like, well, this, well, this. I don't know. I I always like the truth. That's kind of what I want. That's why I don't trust yeah. the news anymore. Because I feel like sometimes every news story has some sort of agenda, no matter what side it's coming from. I just like honestly, I would rather watch uh, Al Jazeera or BBC. I feel like they give me better actual just uh, information <laughs> without opinion. Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is, especially when you get into like hard news, like hard, like say say hardcore news hardcore news this news is is coming at you with no news uh, unemployment (laughs) is up and so am i so but that's what i'm saying is like some something like covid is you can definitely find a lot of people who went to school who can find ways to massage data to tell you "Eh, it's just the flu baby yeah and so if you that, that's I, I think that's what I'm saying of like something like an Al Jazeera to tell to tell the truth. They have to have an agenda and they have to disregard things that could be could be in certain circles facts. I think in the the instance of like Corona where it's infecting the entire world, maybe isn't the best example that I could have given for why I would watch like BBC or Al Jazeera. Like if it was just like a you uh. uh a United States uh, election or something like that. I feel like outside of the country, because they're technically not in the middle of it. I mean, it does affect them a little bit, but they're also not in the thick of it like we are. So it's an outsider perspective. But Corona, everybody's affected by it. Even if you think it's not real, uh, the economy is affected by it. So everybody's affected by it, no matter (laughs) what. It's still real to me, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but just... Like I said, and, and when I sit down and watch something like Making a Murderer, this is more for entertainment value. So, but I think the they end, need to say that I'm more fascinated. I am more fascinated by the very true story of these cops did really bad things to make sure this guy who they kind of had beef with in the community went to jail for a long right. time. And if they say this is entertainment purposes, then I'm fine with it. But yeah. I think it's it's really disingenuous to call it a documentary because documentary seems to think or to me i see i hear documentary and i think okay there's going to be like some journalistic ethics going on here but when they've got a you know an agenda it's like eh, it just turns I me mean, off i kind of get turned off by anything that everybody's watching anyway that's why i never watched <laughs> making a murder the only reason i watched stranger things is because i started watching it before anybody started talking about it so i was already into it uh, off off the dome. Do you know a docu- Do you is there a documentary you know of that didn't isn't really agenda based? Because I don't even know if I can think of a documentary probably not. No, probably not, not. necessarily agenda based. I think they all are, which is is kind of like even I I watch a lot of like the diet ones and stuff like that, and they definitely have an agenda too. They're trying to get you to do like, their style of weight loss. Um, I really enjoy those ESPN thirty for thirties, like. Uh, <clears throat> the the one called broke that's about oh that one's you know, so heartbreaking <laughs> but, but I, you think about that how how agenda and maybe massaging facts do you think that might be because that one definitely could be ripe for that i mean because the point they're the point they're definitely going for is these young athletes being exploited yeah and i like that 
but it also could be there's probably plenty of other sides of that where these young athletes come out and they're just fine. We just happen to have picked nine of them that didn't. I think it depends on your personality. Like if you're if you're kind of a people pleaser and you're going to want to because a lot of them, if they don't take care of the people from their hometown and, you know, keep them around. You know, they're going to say, ah, you know, you you lost your way. You forgot where you came from, stuff like that. So there's criticism. So there's kind of a pressure. And sometimes it's family members that exploit them. Sometimes it's investors. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. I remember Ty Detmer from BYU got uh, MLM'd by somebody (laughs) in in his community when he was living in Texas and lost a bunch of money. I mean, there's always people coming out like, hey, I got this this get-rich-quick thing for you. I don't know. It's sad. Utah. Hmm? Coming from Utah, we are we are the multi-level marketing capital of the world. We sure are. We're probably going to have uh, like multi-level marketing Corona tests or something. Like I'll test you, and then you test three of your friends, and they test three of their friends, and then we'll all know who's got it. <clears throat> that's how it should work. That's a. That's so how you spread we, it. <laughs> if know, we could test the, the same way we spread it. They have the drive-up testing, and I've I've seen some stories of. You know, of uh, some swindlers setting up fake, you know, drive-by testing and like. Why would they want to do that? I thought it's free. Isn't it supposed to be free? The testing. Uh, We, uh, Cindy, ended up having to go get one, but uh, we had that. A doctor sent us to do it. Hmm. I was under the impression that it was supposed to be free. They had to kiss her on the mouth. That's is that the way oh, that they're supposed to do it? Yeah, I mean that's a that's the new test. That's a very they special her on the new mouth test. And went over the shirt on her, but they said yeah. that that was the best way to get the most accurate reading. I mean, I think is that they, how they do it. Yeah, they came up with that one at Florida State. That's you where that, that one comes from. No, no, it, no, that wasn't an agenda-based test, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. No. It was it was all experimental. Okay. It's for science. <laughs> I'd hate to fall in with the wrong crowd, Travis. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too for sure. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to, we're we're just about at an an hour, but I wanted to talk to you about something I started watching. Oh, do you? Yes. I started watching the Twilight Zone on CBS All All Access. It is so good. (laughs) It's outstanding. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be anthology. So we're like their particular standout episodes or you just, I'm only four episodes in, but they're all really good. The, the first one, and by the way, you can watch them in black and white or in color. I've been watching them in black and white and it makes it seem more timeless because there's, there's cell phones and things like that. There's a MP3 players and podcasts and things like that in the episodes. But the fact that it's in black and white just does make it seem a little more timeless. But the, the very first episode, um, it's a Kumail Nanjiani's in it and he's playing a comedian and basically he, uh, he's a terrible comedian, a disturbingly ripped comedian. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's just wearing regular clothes. You can't tell that he's ripped or anything, but he's, he's not very good. And uh, he meets, uh, Tracy Morgan, who's kind of like a crossroads demon kind of character. And he, he tells him like, this is what you need to do. If you do this, uh, you know, you'll kill every time. So he starts doing that and then he notices like he, he starts talking about things in his life and he starts killing like people are going nuts. Like everything he says at that point is just gold. But then he notices once he talks about something, it disappears like it never existed. So he gets power hungry at one point and he's just going through every bully from high school and he's talking about any girl that wouldn't go out with him and they just are all disappearing from existence. It's really good. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, there's a so lot of consequence he, to it. Is it is it a matter of like he's telling actual jokes from personal personal experience, or he's just telling stories and they kill? Basically, yeah, yeah. Punchlines. It can just be like, I'll tell you what happened today. Something annoyed me today, and then he starts talking, and he's just talking at that point. But it's like the magic is as soon as he starts talking about somebody specific, they disappear. Hmm. But but it also hmm. kills. And then the second episode, it's got um, oh That's real Adam territory right there. Yeah, I think is it Adam Scott from Parks and Rec? That guy. I believe. Yeah, that's okay. That's, and uh, he's on he's on a flight, and he finds this old MP3 player in the little pouch in front of his seat. He he found a Zune, you say. Kind of, it kind of looked like that. It just said MP3 on it, but he starts listening to it and it's a podcast chronicling the flight that he's on as things are happening. He starts to notice. (laughs) So, and he finds out halfway through the episode that that flight disappears. So he starts panicking and he starts reacting to things that he thinks are going to happen. But then he realizes he's actually the one putting these things into motion. It's really good. I highly recommend if you guys have CBS All Access, check out the Twilight Zone because just the first four episodes are really good. I'm excited to see what else. Jordan Peele's killing it. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, this isn't gonna probably surprise anyone, but I do. I will find a lot of uh, if if your product is finding a way to kind of uh, parody podcasting, it's pretty endearing to me. Like, uh, and it's Dan that, Carlin is the voice on it. Do you know who Dan Carlin is? I know that name, but I he does hardcore history. He only puts out like okay, three yeah, or four yeah. episodes a year, but they're four yeah. hours long. Yeah, I. So it's his I've voice, and he's got this very have, distinct voice. I have all the respect uh, in the world for him and his product, but boy, it it's an uphill climb for me. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I. Yeah. Like I remember the the Genghis Khan. I always said Genghis Khan. He he kept saying Genghis Khan, so I assume that's right. Really. And I listen um, to every one of those. The the World War One ones are fascinating. I saw this very accurate movie portrayal of Genghis Khan featuring John Wayne, and I oh, think yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he called it Genghis. Yeah, he he had he had, he had gangrene too. <laughs> yeah, in his stomach. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but yeah, that that most recent Halloween movie. One of the things I absolutely adored about that movie was all right um, <laughs> michael myers like kind of the thing that kicked it all off was you know shitty true crime podcasters i just whenever just, whenever i think of that movie i think of him reaching his hand over the stall and dropping a teeth. handful of teeth yeah. <laughs> but but it wasn't just like it wasn't like that's one of the things is in that reboot the the young asian woman who spoilers is russian uh she is like constantly podcasting mm-hmm and it, you know, it's just a goof. And there, there are a lot of jokes in that about podcasting because, you know, Kevin Smith was all up in that early on. But <laughs> that Halloween, those podcasters in Halloween, that felt very genuine in a way of like when movies have video games that are produced specifically for the movie, mm-hmm. they just look fake right from the jump or people <laughs> using controllers in movies. It's like it, that, <laughs> there's a great video of um, of Tony Soprano using a GameCube controller. I think it's a I think it might, it might have, no, it was an N64 control and he's doing it one handed <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> he's toggling. Like, it could, I mean, it's certainly for a movie like, like those two characters aren't really that important to the overall plot. Right. But it's such a genuine portrayal of, of very up their own ass kind of true crime podcasting, which is <laughs> just 
love it. Just yum, 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 yum. Give me more of that. I wish those two characters had survived so they could go farther <laughs> in the show. So you brought up games. We were going to start out the episode talking about a game and we totally, <laughs> you know, meandered oh, yeah. around it. Let's hit that. Yeah. Let's hit that real quick and then we'll close it out. So the, that is seemingly like gaming news is kind of the thing that's still going on as far as entertainment goes. Like shows are coming out, but that, that's stuff that was already in the can, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, like gaming stuff, they had some couple of like just little quick hits of like, uh, you familiar with The Last of Us at all? No. Sounds uh, like an apocalypse pretty, game. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> it sure is. It was a pretty high profile uh, PlayStation exclusive. It's a post-apocalyptic kind of kind of zombies, but not zombies kind of thing. Well, the second one uh, was supposed to come out this year. It got it got delayed kind of indefinitely. What with the the COVID stuff. Well, right. A couple of days ago, a disgruntled employee started uh, leaking videos of like the whole game. <laughs> and that, that is going to get sued. Company. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a big thing. Like it was a really highly anticipated game. And now just like the whole plots out there hmm. and uh, maybe it'll work so in their favor and it'll get, it'll wet some appetites. I mean, the, people were already chomping at the bit to get the game. It's just one of those things of, uh, of a people having enough self-control to not look at the spoilers and B there's definitely going to be people, the kind of people who take that stuff and try and kind of, uh, you know, ninja bomb people, <laughs> you know, in, in the same, the old internet days uh, of like bad pornography of like, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm looking through Twitter. Oh, I know the end of the last of us two now. Ah, my eyes gouge <laughs> them out, spoon them out. But, uh, you know, but what but about the, the, the other thing? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the other thing is, uh, I, I don't get into sports games in general. And, uh, you said your, your son gets into a lot of those, those 2k wrestling games. Is that correct? Yeah. He buys them all. I say, I say like, I know I don't, is that 2k that does those? Yeah. Yeah. 2k does them. The thing I know the most about it is that, uh, I think it's a developer called Jukes had done it for a long time. And the people that I had listened to that talk a lot about wrestling games had just said that it, they just didn't do great jobs year to year. Well, I they mean, had some years where they did some cool things. Like uh, there was one year they did a really robust story editor that was really well liked. And then the next year they yanked that out of it and haven't really done it again. And maybe you could, maybe you could give me some uh, info on this. One of the things they talk about a lot is that, you know, they generally these wrestling games are kind of fighting games where yeah, it's like a legit wrestling match i mean you're doing moves you have combos to be able to do certain moves and you have to learn but how it's to do more it. like you're fighting the person in the ring like a lot of the stories mm. I've, I've seen people play them. the stories is like vince mcmahon takes you and like he he says like ah tonight you take you're fighting the taker you gotta take down the taker it depends and on your like, skill level because they have like season mode where you can kind of start out at the bottom and work your way up to like a championship match. You can do Royal Rumbles. You can do all sorts of different styles of matches. But, but uh, so, something they've said is that if, you, if, you, really if you're just like a punch kick person like me, then that's all you're doing is punching a kick. But if you know, you know how to do the moves, you can do uh, that wrestler's moves. And if you cr create your own wrestler, you can kind of, you know, decide what kind of moves they're going to have. Yeah. What, what they've said is these games don't generally capture the best parts of wrestling, which is 
setting up a storyline, you know, calling your shot or calling your moves or whatever and making for a good outcome. It's just kind of a game where you're trying to beat someone like you're trying to beat the taker, which isn't really what wrestling is. It's trying to put on a good show. Right. Okay. So you're saying. beating the taker believable mm-hmm. or one of the things, one of the things they kind of were bumping up against with a story editor was, which is my favorite part of wrestling when I've ever watched it is like, like interviews and just really dumb theatrics. Like I, I can enjoy watching the actual match, but I'm really going to get more into the performance and the pageantry, which the, which games generally speaking, just do not, they haven't really found a way to crack that code. I mean, they um, sometimes have like cool entrances and stuff like that. Like if you have a WrestleMania match, it'll be a little bit different entrance than your normal type, just bland coming to the ring type thing. But uh, last year's 2K was apparently so bad that they just decided not to have a traditional release for this year. Yeah, I, I, I know my sons just stopped working on them. There was lots of glitches. Like, have you ever watched like glitch videos? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, have they you have ever seen the pretty intense ones of like falling down through the ring or just the? Yeah, there's a the Rocky game. Flies off. There's a Rocky game where you just kind of sink into the ring, or people would come out and like part of their face was missing, like they had a, a skull addiction when they were teenagers and now their yeah. jaws gone <laughs> just all these weird like arms like bent in the wrong direction and stuff like that yeah there there were some pretty uh, i will say uh, i feel bad for people who had to play it but for people who just like videos of really intense glitches that that game was a gold mine and it, yeah. it's it's a sad indictment of like that the state that that game was in, it never should have came out. Yeah, I think they had a deadline. They just, I don't, who knows? I don't that know anything about video so games. So intensely broken. Like a lot of games, a lot of games, you know, have problems. Trying to test for bugs, like um, when you hear about people who will talk about, like, man, I really want to work. I want to get a job in video games. I want to be a play tester. Like, no, <laughs> no, that is a fast way to have you never want to play games again because it's, a lot of playtesting games is thing is just replicating bugs of, okay, we need you to walk around in this room for four hours and try and find like, oh, I just found out that like I, I walked into this corner and something about me walking into this corner launched the character model into the stratosphere. Well, <laughs> okay, now we need you to replicate this bug over and over again for us to find out what in the code is making him do this. So That does seem like games, a little slice of hell. And it's... Sometimes it is things that is so pedantic, such like, just like I said, of the only way this bug happens is if your character model is eating a sandwich while walking out across this very specific street. <laughs> and as much as you try for months and months, sometimes you just don't catch them all. And some some guy in in Tennessee who's Twitch streaming accidentally does does it. Now it it's published as like, oh, this game released broken. Like, well, right, you know that. It ain't Pokemon. You can't catch them all. And so they do release patches. But from what I understand, that last uh, wrestling game was just rife with easy stuff that just through the natural play of the game was just going to break intensely. So they kind of changed up their model, at least for this year, like like wiping the slate clean a little. <laughs> yeah. So you got this this uh, 2K Battlegrounds game that like all the character models look like they were from those old. You remember those old little action figures called Muscle? Yeah, they do kind of look like it. I was thinking kind of like, like the that. old Has- Hasbro wrestling figures, but yeah, those muscle, they were pink, right? Yes. At, fir- at first they were all pink and then they started coming out with different colors, but yeah, I, I remember I those. Remember 
Yeah. I wanted to say they looked like homies, but that was something completely different. <laughs> yeah. They were kind of like a little more specific type of muscles. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the first thing, thing you see kind of in it is a little weird muscle rock, which kind of just looks the, like regular the rock. weird muscle rock. <laughs> he picks up little weird muscle John Cena and throws him into an alligator's mouth. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was very okay. interesting. <laughs> I, th- uh, I thought I the women actually looked a little weirder than the men did. The, yeah, I was just going to say that the women are a little more off-putting. They're, they're uh, cartoony more. It's they're they're squat. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so, but it, it, you know, again, throwing like uh, John Cena did a dragon punch to uh, The Rock, and uh, you know, it looks like they're not taking this game very seriously. Which I can, I will say for myself. Uh, I'm a different person now. If this were like 2003 Jake, he'd probably be like, yeah, I want to play that. Now it's, you know, 2020 Jake is like, I it, like I can't stop playing The Witcher until I'm done. And I think <laughs> I think I'm well over 100 hours into The Witcher now and still haven't beaten the base game. So I will say that that just watching the trailer, it looked more accessible to somebody like me who doesn't yeah. play a lot of it. Like I thought, OK, I could probably like punch and kick in this and not get super destroyed and embarrassed i find i find fighting games kind of endlessly fascinating but i cannot play i've always been terrible at them well i I mean i think i played street fighter 2 enough that i kind of got okay at it but if i if like if i played the computer on easy i was okay but as soon as one of my friends would come over they would just destroy me and i'd be like okay oh (laughs) because even if you can get to the point where you know the moves there's just there's a lot of subtlety to things like you know punishes or playing footsies or any other number of of slang like that that like if you want to be good you got to really get in there yeah (laughs) and know know some very uh intense ways of of winning you gotta do what you gotta do but uh hey you know what what Wrestling games, they might be back. <laughs> They're different, but yeah, give it a shot. Other than that, uh, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, and I'll tell you what, Trav, that's a chest that I don't know that we have the time to open right now. Yeah, we might have to do that next time. <laughs> but I will say uh, turnip prices. I, I know people love I, that game. I would kill a tiny raccoon in the street. <laughs> there was a point uh, on Saturday that I literally wanted to go to a, a fictional shop and beat the shit out of two child raccoons. Raccoons. Do you <laughs> know what that just... Because my prices were terrible. So they were causing the prices to go bad because they were getting into them or what? Well, there's a... Travis, we don't have time to go into this. Yes. But even though we don't... There is a in-game kind of stock market, also called the Stalk mar- Market, S-T-L-K. Uh, on Sunday, Like a, like a stock of, of vegetables? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Yes. It's not on, like you, you're uh, Sundays, leering at them can, from afar. You can buy <laughs> turnips from a little pig woman who visits your village, your island. Uh, have you ever eaten price. a turnip? No, I don't. Yeah, Travis, I don't know. I don't think I, I have. I don't think so, but I don't know. I think I've had a radish. I, I enjoy a radish. Oh, certainly, certainly. I'll, I'll, I'll go with a radish. Turnip seems it's just bigger. Is it a, yeah. just a big radish, or is it a hard potato? Travis, I don't know, Travis. The human race has been trying to find this out for decades. Nobody knows. I was not turnips. born in like uh, Eastern Europe, so I don't know what a turnip tastes like. Turnips are like space and time. They are a mystery to man. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson never had a turnip. From the ground. If it's from the ground, yeah. it's got to be healthy, right? 
certainly. Except for all those certainly. poisonous things that come from the ground. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. <laughs> but it, you buy them at a varied rate on Sundays. And then during the week, you go in and twice a day, you can check in with these little, these two little son of a bitch raccoons. <laughs> and they will tell you the prices. Like last week, uh, I bought them for, I think, 119 And I think the highest they got was somewhere on Wednesday. I think they got up to like 145 I'm like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. You're going to roll them dice. On Saturday, I checked with them, and they were 25 bells per turnip, and I wanted to murder those little bastards. So, dumb question. Is this is that in the game to teach kids how to use the stock market? Is that what it's for? Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. <laughs> I might be thinking that this has been in previous games. Hmm. That's interesting. But, I mean, it at least teaches a skill. There's also now a fox in town. This is just a new update. There's a fox in town. Is the fox wearing socks? Doubt it. Fox Doubt and it. socks. Okay. But he is selling very possibly stolen art. Stolen art? So it's Swiper Fair from Dora the Explorer. You know what? Swiper, kind no of. swiping. Kind of. So I could go on and on about the uh, the nuances of that game that both frustrate <laughs> and delight me. But Travis, we're closing it down. Right? Yeah, we are closing it down. It's It's that time yeah. of day. Is there anything you want to talk about? You got any of your uh, your wise guys uh, internet shows coming up? Uh, I'd imagine we're probably going to do one on Saturday again. I think I think Keep it's kind of getting it's it's kind of getting close seven, to right? where uh, yeah it's usually seven o'clock. Okay. Okay. I mean, okay. N- not a lot of us are doing old material. We're all kind of writing new material, which is good and bad. You haven't heard it before, but uh, it's also not very polished. <laughs> Yeah, and um, which and is problematic. Polish with no audience. Yeah, so I mean, it's just kind of it's in the but moment, I mean, and we're we're just trying to make there, fun baby. of it and have have a good you just time. Have to trying to mix with those animals. It's also free, so just it is also you can't beat free, and nobody's forcing you to watch it. So certainly, <laughs> but I think it's getting certainly close not. to where things are going to start opening up soon, and maybe there will be limited access to some some comedy shows coming up. So. I would say in the next couple of weeks, I've got my fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully some live, it'll probably be smaller audiences and you have, we'll, we'll have to be responsible and, you know, social distance, but I, I'm optimistic that soon we'll be able to go in front of a live small audience, well, there you go. but that's better than nothing, which is what we're going in front of now. Well, if you are part of a small studio audience, we would love to hear your thoughts about, this at later to the tater at gmail.com. That's the address you can catch us at. Don't even come at me with that call out of work business. Ugh. Uh, I would encourage you not to come at me at all. I'm not <laughs> a fan, but uh, if you must, or if you, if you like my stance on coming at me, uh, we would really appreciate it. If you would subscribe to our podcast, uh, rate us five stars, write us a one sentence review. Bling, 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 bling. visibility that we so richly richly desire yes we crave it and if that is just too much for you and you know what i'm not gonna judge baby i'm not gonna judge at least but download if you could at the very least download please tell a friend tell yeah them, hey, i heard this thing it ain't so bad you should check check in on it get your parents phones get your kids phones download it i don't care if they listen just download it sure sure <laughs> give some hot hot numbers uh check check us at our social medias i guess 
Travis is out there a lot more than I am, but, uh, at Travis Tate funny, you can find me on all those things. Yeah. Check it out. Get to know him. He's a sweetheart. I have my moments. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, blue wave theory is the music we use the most. That's right. They are sweethearts as well. Thanks blue wave. You got anything else in the holster for me, baby? Absolutely nothing. There is nothing to speak of. Well then, <laughs> nothing is going on for for things that ain't going on anywhere. This has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake, and I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never. <laughs> <laughs>